Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Well, I'll say one answer to exhaustion is what we just did, is when we cast all of our crowns. Who here, like you dreamed as a kid of being in charge? Someday, I'll be the one in charge. Then you're like, can I give it back? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, like uh, adulting is hard, right? There's this thing, but when we cast our crowns before him, because his yoke is easy and his burden is light, when we lay it down before him, that is one of the biggest answers. Mm, 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 mm. Another little side note, uh, Dan and I were talking early this week um, about this whole thing of... Uh, you know, when you're in charge. And I've discovered being in charge ain't all it's cracked up to be, is it? Because we weren't supposed to be. I'm only in charge of one thing, and it's my yes to Jesus. But then I'm a steward of his stuff. They're not my kids. It's not my spouse. It's not my family. It's not my job. It's not my business. It's not my stuff. If you want to give it back, that's how you do it. Jesus, I, these are yours. What do you want me to do with them? It's a freeing place. So if you're right now feeling that weight, maybe uh, you would consider giving it back. Just saying. All right. Jesus, and no nudging. <laughs> Can I return this? No. All right. Well, there's another area that uh, in this whole thing of exhaustion that I'm kind of an expert on. I don't like to brag. But it's the area that created more exhaustion in me in my life than any other. And you guys are already on it. Christina was, uh, Kristen was already on it with fear. Who, who's my people? You, anybody here, like you're like a ninja at fear? Like, so the, the thing about it is, is I realized something is I learned this, but it was, I was reminded of this little skit that I learned as a kid. I can still remember where I was. I was at Wesley, uh, uh, Wes Johnson's house, and he taught me this skit. And you remember when you're a kid and you learn something, you're like, that's so cool. I'm going to do that everywhere. And so I learned this little skit. Let's see if I can do it. It works better if you have a bow tie, but I don't have a bow tie. All right. So it goes like this. This is supposed to be a mustache. This is a hair bow, and this is a bow tie, right? It goes... It, it is, you must pay the rent. I can't pay the rent. You must pay the rent. I can't pay the rent. You must pay the rent. I'll pay the rent. My hero. Right? And, and, and I just thought that was so cool, except for the fact I realized is I've lived my life in that. Why? Because every time, if you are a person who's lived in fear, what do you do? In every situation, you look for three people. You look for a victim. You look for a villain. And you look for a hero. And in every situation, you go, which one am I? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm the victim. Now, if I'm the victim... It shouldn't be too hard to find the villain, right? And I'm so helpless, I need a hero. Oh, we need another hero. No, no, we don't, right? The hero, right? But who here, who here, 
you thought you were being the hero and it turned out somebody thought you were the villain. Anybody been that? Isn't that fun? That's so much fun. I'm trying to help you. Right? Or, you know, anybody here trying to help someone, you actually enabled them? Right? Oh, that's so much fun. Right? And the problem is, is, is one of the things we do, whenever you meet someone, you try to figure out who they are, right? And we, put car- we have cartoons in our head. Do you know what I'm talking about? You're this kind of person. You ever had somebody tell you, oh, I know who you are, and you're like, that is not who I am at all, right? We do this. We put people in boxes. Why? Because it's so uncomfortable dealing with a real free will individual who could do good things today and bad things tomorrow. True? Now, here's the problem with this, this, this whole scenario is we, we use fear. Why do we fear? Just out of curiosity, why do we fear? Not enough? Experience life. We don't fear just for the fun of it. We fear because we've been given good reason to fear, right? Now, if something bad happens to me, I might make a vow. Any of my people? What kind of vows? Okay, let me just say this. Um, What kind of vows might I make? If, say, uh, let's say... um, Uh, okay, I'll give you an example from my life. Was with a girl. She cheated on me. What vows might I make as a result of that pain? I'm not doing that again. What is that? Trust a girl. Date a girl. Well, it was, we start out usually small. Girls like that, right? We'll have a category. But that over time, guess what happens? The category gets bigger and bigger. You know what I'm talking about? You know? And you're like, pretty soon it's like, women, all women. Well, that's, that's a little tricky, isn't it? That's half the planet, right? <laughs> now, now, the problem ha- happens is sometimes we go through traumas that are so severe, they're so severe that you make a radical judgment right then and there. Right? Anybody? So, anybody seen a dog? Guys, you guys know this. You run into a dog and the dog runs away from you guys. Why does that dog run away from you? Smells testosterone and it associates testosterone with abuse. Right? All men. Immediately, I'm willing to give it love. It's unable to receive love because of fear. Okay. Now, here's the difficulty. So fear, can fear be good? So, so let me say, say something here. Now, you guys remember there are two kingdoms, right? There's a kingdom of heaven, and there's this world. Now, I've, now which world were you born into? Some of you are confused. No, I mean... Your family was good, but not that good. All right. You were born into this world. Now, God loved you so much. He gave you a series of tools to be able to survive until you could meet him. Okay? One of those is fear. Fear is his gift in this world. It's a gift. Why? You ever met anybody without fear? 
usually a teenage boy, right? Teenager, guys, guys, anybody here? You had an, you had like a fear deficiency as a teenager? Like, right? No, fear, why? It keeps you alive until you can come to him. But perfect love casts out what? Fear. Fear. Um, Let me give you another example. This may sound crazy. But Romans 5, 6, and 7 goes on this whole thing about how the law is good. Why? What does the law do? Gives you boundaries, right? Before you know you need them. Anybody proven a law to be good by your own stupidity? What's that there for? Right? No, the law is good. But, he, but here's the problem is he says, but the law brings what? Death. How is the law good if it brings death? And he said, because I didn't know it was sin and until you showed me the law and now I understand it's sin. I realized that, so before the law comes, I could think this is all there is and this is as good as it gets. Fear is a good idea. Law is a good idea, right? Until... What happens? He says, because it showed me I couldn't do it on my own. It showed that the law brings death. Therefore, I cast myself upon Jesus and Jesus delivers me from the law of sin and death, right? There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But I love this. Paul's like, I'm so far ahead of you because some of you are like, so what you're saying is if I sin, it's going to lead me to Jesus. So should I sin more so that grace might increase? What does Paul say? May it never be. See, just because God uses it for good doesn't mean it's his best. This is really important. Anybody here had something horrible happen in your life and you're like, well, that was God's will. Nobody? No. <laughs> you know, like, like, you know, you know, Somebody gets killed and they're like, God took him. I'm like, whoa, easy, tiger. <laughs> like, no, no, the reality is God can use anything. And, and, and the best example is Joseph says, you meant it for evil. What did they mean for evil? Selling you into slavery? The ones who wanted to kill him? You lying to our dad? Faking it for years? What you meant for evil, God reintended for my good. And this is so important. Just because God uses something doesn't mean it's good. I'll give you a great example. Do you guys know what disassociation is? Disassociation is what happens if you're in a massive trauma and you retreat inside yourself. Okay, you're tracking with me. Now, if you severely disassociate, what happens is you stay stuck in disassociation and you're unable to make relationships. Why? God, that is God's grace to you. It makes a bubble. I remember when we were working with orphans, I, as I heard more and more of the absolute insane things they went through, I'm like, first of all, why are you still alive? And second of all, how are you still human? It's the gift of dissociation. They were able to create a barrier and separate themselves to not experience the fullness of the horror that was being inflicted on them. But anybody know that God doesn't want you to live dissociated. He doesn't want you to live in a bubble alone. It's his grace here. 
Some have called it prevenient grace, the grace given to you before you could ask for it. His grace, but it's not his best. Fear can be helpful if it leads me to Jesus. I was leading prayer for Israel and for Palestine on, online, and one woman said, I have to worry! I mean, Jesus says, do not Anybody here tried to argue with Jesus? Yeah, it's great. I've done it. it I, I, I won. In my head. Um, no, but, but, but the thing is, she, I have to worry. I'm a mother. And every time I worry, it just drives me to the feet of Jesus. Okay. Hitler can drive you to the feet of Jesus. Listen, God can use anything. He can win with a pair of twos. It doesn't make it his best. Because perfect love casts out all fear. So, going back to this little triumvirate we have of hero, villain, and victim. When we listen to the news, when we hear a story, we're innately listening for that, aren't we? In fact, all of the internet is wired to show you a victim or show you a villain or show you a hero. Now I have a question. Are you a hero? Are you a victim? Or are you a villain? Depends. Depends. Is it a Monday? (laughs) Did I get good sleep? Have I had my coffee? Right? Here's the problem. This doesn't work for any of us because we are not these things. Who am I? I am who he says I am. These things are are a grace given by God so we will survive down here. But here's the thing. If I want to live, he says we're seated in heavenly places. If I want to live from here, I have to let go of this. But this has kept me alive! What are you talking about? If I don't, okay, if I don't have my threat assessment, who are my threat assessment people? You know what I'm talking about. It's like scanner on full. You like walk into a room. Danger, 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 danger. Right? I'm just going to walk out of the room again. Who are my people? That's right here. Why? Because I'm better at it that than you. Don't even mess with me. When I've got my discernment on full, y'all are going to die. You know, I I joked, but before I really understood this, I used to walk into a room with five people and within five seconds have 25 discernments, a.k.a. judgments, a.k.a. accusations that were correct, within five seconds. Why? Because I protect myself from you. But if I protect myself from you, I can never have a relationship with you. And Jesus came that we might be one. Anything that wars with that... Wars with love. But, but, but if I can't identify all the threats, how am I going to stay safe? Wave, wave a hand. Are you with me there? He who attempts to save his life will lose it. Now, because I do research on these things for your sake. I took this to its logical extreme. 
and uh, I've shared with you probably or sometime in the last year, I had a break point because y'all are scary because you happen to be people. What happens is if you do life with people, people will do what to you? Hurt you, right? They're going to hurt you. They are going to hurt you either accidentally or reactionally or on purpose, right? They're going to do it. They're going to do it. I, I always cracks me up is I'll see a couple and they're like, she's amazing, she's so perfect, I love her, there's nothing wrong with her. I just want to push them downstairs. <laughs> I'm like, guys, no, until you see, until you at least accidentally hurt each other, you'll never know, you'll never know that grace is required. Because grace is what's going to allow me to live at this level. And so the problem is, as long as I think fear is a good idea, I can never live here. Because I'll default to identifying threat. I'll default to fear. And I will cause me to live in a smaller and smaller place. Who are my people? You know what I mean. You're like, well, I can't associate with that group of people. And I can't associate with that group of people. And those people are scary. I saw what they posted online. And I, those people are evil. And those people are this. And those people are that. Jesus, but if I'm not going to live from threat assessment, how can I live? Jesus went around doing what? What he saw the Father doing. He wasn't reacting to what the world was doing. He was responding to what the Father was doing. He wasn't trying to fix problems. He was responding to what the Father was doing. Great example. You guys remember the pool of Bethsaida? All these people lying there. All of their there sick. And Jesus walks in. And he's not looking for sick people. How do I know? He could have just slapped the first one. Right? No. I mean, there was, it, was like, it was like a menu. Oh, I don't know. Right? Do you have something more fluffy? Right? No, there were tons of sick people. He was not looking for bad things. He was looking for God. He wasn't looking. He was looking for God. And that one person he found almost didn't even work. He's like, what do you want? The guy's like, I'm a victim. I'm just a victim. She's like, what do you want? Well, I'm a victim. She's like, get healed anyway. Move on. Right? You know, that's about the only time that he, I feel like he all, he like really kind of fudged it a little bit because the guy really never asked. The guy was still whining. But, but the thing is, he was looking for God. He wasn't responding to the guy. He was looking for God. Fear will always leave me on a smaller and smaller island. God means for us to live on an island of community island of relationships well i can only be on a island with people who think like me anybody found nobody's that insane <laughs> to think like you right you're always going to find something to disagree about and it's because they're wrong but you know whatever but the reality is if i'm going to live this life this life that he's called me in community because the reality is the life that I've been called to live, I cannot live alone. I need other people. Who here's taking a break from people? You know what I'm talking about? So obviously you're back from your break because you're here. Why did you quit your break? Why did you come back from your break? It was lonely. It was lonely. 
Well, the great thing about it, being on a break where you're like, I don't, I don't want any other people, there's nobody else to blame for your problems. Because whatever you're in is you. Anybody found you didn't like you all by yourself? But the reality is I need you. I need relationship with you, but I cannot do it if fear is what I'm using as my basis. You know, Jesus said, how, what was the one sign that people would know we're his disciples? By our love, that we love each other. What he is saying is, that love should be so obviously supernatural. What kind of, so, and Jesus put it another way. He said, if you love your the people who love you, what is that to you? But I tell you what. Mm. Jesus, you do understand my enemies are trying to kill me. Because literally in, in, in first century, that was their world. What do you mean love them? You mean like in, in quotation marks, right? Love them? You don't mean love them. Well, what does love look like anyway? I'm glad you asked. No greater love has any man than what? Lay down his life for his friends. But John put it this way in 1 John. He said, this is what we, how we know what love is. Christ died for us, right? In Romans 5, it says, while we were his enemies, he died for us. He said, no greater love you guys know is to die for each other. But I'm telling you, I die for my enemies. That's what love looks like. Oh, I did not sign up for that. I signed up for the Friends and Benefits program. Anybody? You, you like signed up for a kingdom where it all works out for your favor? No. Love does not seek its own. Love is not proud. Love does not keep record of wrongs. What if they're in pencil? Love is so radically different than what we know. It's not, most of what we call love is just human sentiment. Anybody find that goes really fast. Love only begins when it gets hard. Love only begins when you don't want to. Because love has, goes straight opposite fear. Because what's fear? Fear is about self-protection. Fear is about there's not enough. Fear is about, Fear is about rationale and logic, right? Like, 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 you ever had a friend who has an irrational fear? But they have a rationale. It may be stupid, but they have a rationale, right? No, fear is always logical. There's a reason. Way back when, something happened, and I just don't go there anymore. But the reality is fear will always separate me from you. Fear will always be self-protection. Fear will all... Well, if I don't protect me, who will? Psalms 91, Psalms 91, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. God, God. So my question for you is, how good are you doing at a job of protecting yourself? Terrible, terrible, right? Because it always comes at such a high cost. What are some of the costs of protecting myself? Not being around people. Not being around people. 
What else? Separate, lonely. Suspicion. Paranoia. Unfulfilled. No sleep. Come on. Fear, self-defense, self-protection. I end up alone. And the most terrifying thing is, do you know that they've discovered? They discovered that the one consistent key to happiness, this is in this world, is relationship. But the one thing that kills relationship is fear. Who here has the superpower of discerning the motives of people's hearts? Sweet, sweet. So Jeremiah tells us that the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? So we can't know our own heart. So what do you think our batting average will be on knowing the hearts of other people? Yeah, but I'm pretty good. I think you underestimate my skills. So one of the things that the enemy, who knows that your heart is a massive soup? Do you know what I'm talking about? So if I'm in a situation, what's in that soup? That soup could be, who here has had a situation where things are happening and you have fear? You have anger, you have rage, you have self-protection, you have self-pity, you have all these things going on, and yet there's this, you hold, you go, okay, Jesus, I'm going to trust you, and you step over the line. If somebody had been using their little supernatural scanner, they would not have seen you having that sliver of faith that steps over the line, would they? Anybody here? Do you know what I'm talking about? Who here? You look back in your life, and some of the biggest decisions you made that ended up being God, you were still shocked that you made them. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, that was so fragile. I was like, you know, like I'm like got a dirty diaper and I'm wandering across the line. Don't you want other people to believe for you the way he believes for you? That can't happen as long as I stay in fear because I'm not going to believe what God says about you. I'm going to believe what the enemy tells me about you. See if I can get you guys out of the hole. (laughs) Um, We were talking with our young adults on Tuesday, and the the verse uh, John fourteen fifteen really bothered me for years, depressed me. If you love me, obey my commands. Everybody know that one. Why would that depress me? Because you can't do it, right? Like, well, and in fact, like, you know, we're told, right? What do you say? Teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. And if you love me, you will obey my commands. And so this is how I understood that. If I, the way I show you that I love you is I obey your commands. Okay. That's not how it's written. Maybe a better one. You'll find this in most of the translations. If you love me, you will obey what I command. So what precedes obedience? Love. I don't obey so as to love. It's because I love that I obey. Well, anybody know your love is really feeble and weak and pathetic and not really love at all? Right? Because a lot of what we call love for God is human sentiment again. But what is love? 
God, God. It's not a trick question. People are always, no, it's not a trick question. Love is God. God is love. And this is how we know that. What, and what, how do we know love? Because he loved us first. See, I only have love to give that he gives me. So I can't love him unless I receive love from him. And I won't obey unless I receive love from him. So what's job one? Love. It's receiving love from him. But here's, I'm just going to let you in on a secret. Perfect love casts out all fear, but that goes the other direction as well. Can I trust God and worship at the altar of fear? I mean, maybe you can. What about me? Do you think I can? Um, Let me just tell you this. I have worshiped at the altar of fear better than any of y'all. I have, I have worshipped in the area of my finances. I've worshipped in the area of relationships. I've worshipped worshipped at it in terms of the government, in terms of police. I have worshipped at every altar of fear in town. But when God calls me to trust, imagine I'm rappelling and I have 10 straps holding me to the rock. As long as any one of them is holding, I'm not going to repel. It's not, I'm not trusting the rope until all straps are cut. And God in his goodness will say, many of us have been crying out to God for breakthroughs in certain areas, but we continue to worship at certain altars of fear. This is the story of my life. And in fact, God, because he hears our cry for the breakthrough in that area, he will actually allow the fear to ratchet to 11 in that area, because he knows that thing is what's keeping me from saying yes to Jesus with a whole heart, receiving that love. So he'll sit there and he'll say, go ahead. No, 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 don't let me stop you. You're doing a great job saving your life and your finances. Why is it getting worse and worse? I don't understand. He's like, are you willing to let go? Are you willing to trust? Who here you only trusted when you were already falling off the cliff? You know, I'm God so good. He's like, boop. no, I think he does that because he's signing a blank check you already signed. Anybody here sign some blank checks for Jesus? Jesus, I just, all I want is you. I'm just so sick of all this. You can have it all. He's like, sign here, please. Thank you. I hear the cry of your heart. You want breakthrough over here. So I am going to cause this area where you're worshiping fear. I'm going to cause it to go to 11. So you'll let go of it so you can get the breakthrough you've been crying out for. Over and over again, I've been found myself in this place where I'm trying to do the mental life math of how I can save my life and still have a life. Know what I'm talking about? Okay, I need friends, but I don't want people that will, I risk them uh, betraying me. Anybody done that mental math? Man, that, that is some sort of imaginary numbers or something you have to do to get that, right? Is it possible to trust a friend with zero chance of betrayal? No, no, look at yourself, <laughs> right? No, who here? You accidentally talked behind someone's back, but it was a, it was a prayer request, <laughs> right? It's only because I care, right? 
Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, whatever it is, we make, we keep trying to do the mental math of how I can have my cake and eat it too. How I can actually have the love of God flowing through my life, the power of God to do the will of God, so I can see this supernatural life that the world goes, what is that? And still have my life. And this is why he says, if you would follow me, you must take up your cross. What is the cross? What cross it dies on that is my life my self-life, my ability to make decisions. I'm the one in charge. I'm the one who runs the gate in my life. Who here? You got a gate on your life. It's called boundaries. No, see, a boundary has a gate. Allows people in and out. What most of us call boundaries are walls with barbed wire on top. No, God, and you know who should be in charge of your gate? God, God will say, why don't you let them in? Woo, stranger danger, Jesus. He's <laughs> like, you stranger than them, so I don't know what we're talking about. Right? Who, do you know what I'm saying? We've said this before, an idol is anything I check with before saying yes to Jesus. Many of us are crying out for a supernaturally amazing life but we continue to cling to this level of fear. So here's my question for you. What's one altar of fear that he's putting his finger on this morning? Four. <laughs> I've got 12, so, you know, but I'm just one. Just go for one. What's one altar of fear? Let me ask you this. What is the question that he's asking you? Can you trust me? Can you let go here? Can you, can you surrender the fear that you're worshiping here? Again, I can't say it enough. These things serve a purpose apart from him. But we're not called to live apart from him. We're, this is a law of diminishing returns. This is a law of heaven. Yes, can, I will tell you what, I can't tell you the number of my conversations with God started with me in fear. Anybody? Like, it's the number one reason I go to Jesus. But just because he uses it doesn't mean it's his good. I surrender it to come into the place of love. Let me say this. We have an altar of fear, and we have an area where we've been crying out to God for breakthrough. I would double-dog dare you to ask God if there's a connection between those two. I cheated, and I looked at the song before. I don't usually. I just happen to see it. But he has given us what? Has he given us a spirit of fear? Power to do the will of God. Love, which is the will of God, and a sound mind, right? If you're tormented in your mind, here's the way. Walk in it. We can have the worship team come up. If we could stand. Father, we come before you so aware of our inability to love, so aware of the fact that we are stuck in hero, villain, and victim cycles, so aware 
of, of the ways we've attempted to save our lives and protect ourselves and to limit access. And it's not working. But God, not our will, but yours be done. You said seek first the kingdom and your righteousness, the right relationship with you, and all these things would be added to you, unto us. So today we come before you and we lay down, we stand before this altar of fear, we say, God, can we trust you to destroy this altar of fear and say, I will not be a slave to fear anymore. I surrender this and I ask you, God, what do you want me to know about this area? And I'm going to live from what you say not what it says. Let's worship. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.